Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. And friends, good morning, NABWIC world and friends. Welcome to another wonderful episode of NABWIC Talks. And we always refer to this as Wonderful Wednesday because it is. And what makes it so wonderful is that we are joined by so many great people like our usual hosts that are in the studio with us this morning. So we are joined by... Uh, our usual hosts. First of all, we've got Miss Ursula Odom, who is the publisher, Legacy Wall creator, bookstore, and owner of Sula 2. And we are just so happy to have her. And along with her, we also have Mr. Gerald Barnes, the man with 30-plus years' experience in logistics and supply chain. And we will usually have our hosts uh, owner and founder of KISS LC, also program director for 103.5 The Beat, Miss Jada Williams, who's off waving the NABWIC flag uh, down there in the Miami area. And also we want to do a shout-out to uh, our master builder herself, speaker, author, and founder of NABWIC, that's Miss Ann McNeil. And Anne, no matter where she is, in, out of the country, she's always waving the NAGWIC flag and has planted it in several areas already. So if you are looking to learn more about NAGWIC or become a NAGWIC member, just check out our website, nabwic.org, and you can find out all the areas that we are in, from Washington, D.C. to Jacksonville, Florida, and if we don't have an area for you and you want to have one, just send us an email right there from our website, and uh, we'll get you hooked up. But listen, we're going to go ahead and get this uh, show started today, but we want to, before we get into our show, uh, bring on one of our hosts, Mr. Gerald Barnes. Uh, Gerald, how are you this morning? Doing fabulous because it's Wonderful Wednesday. Hey, wonderful Wednesday. Well, listen, I just want to say a hearty good morning to you. And I know you are uh, not just getting back from D.C. because you live in D.C., but you were with all of our NAVIC brothers and sisters there for our strategic 
meeting and reception. And uh, tell us a little bit about how things went there. What were we able to do and what did we accomplish? Well, it, it started off with some great weather, nice and cool sweater weather. You can stay outside and mingle and and check out the beautiful Washington, D.C. But we all roads led to the Embassy Suite Hotel down by the convention center on Wednesday, and we got an opportunity to really roll up some sleeves and pull out some paper and pencils and, of course, some uh, laptops and tablets and start talking about the way that we're going to move forward with membership. And it was some great ideas that came came up, and we really discussed how to really get our members more engaged. So we should start seeing a lot more involvement committees to really boost up the activity of NAVWIC to the fullest of where it really should be. So it was a great time on Wednesday. Um, we got to meet and see each other, uh, come together in a real robust way. And uh, actually, it just it just was a great vibe in the room. So a lot of people moved together. Those that knew each other connected more and those that just heard each other really got to get a chance to see some 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 real face to face interaction. And then um the march over to the convention center on Thursday morning, it always has an impact on uh NABWIC. This is my first year. I really, really appreciate how coming together as one really shows off when you when you're in a group like that. So we had that and then that night the all roads led to the city club in beautiful downtown DC and interaction, networking and team building really was happening. It was people in every corner making sure that they got contact information so they can move forward to do the things that we should be doing after Congressional Black Caucus. And then Friday kind of mellowed out, and people were getting ready to come back to wherever they needed to go back to. And, of course, the storm that those wonderful Floridians, you know, some great people, brought up here, chased out back home, but not really. A lot of people really stayed over to Saturday. And we also got a White House visit that seemed to be pretty well attended as well. So. It was really a great time, and it was really good to keep building our family to do mm-hmm. business together the right way. Well, thank you for sharing. And uh, in, in reference to the storm, you know, we here uh, in the Florida area, you know, we're southern people, we're very hospitable, and we like to share. So, you know, it's See. not a surprise that we would want to bring that weather that way. <laughs> so, mm, but we're still here, too. Still well, and this, um, is Ursula. this is Hi, this Ursula. This is Ursula. Try growing trees and plants without water. Well, we can't do that. <laughs> so that's Florida well, water. Well, fine. We, we thank we thank you. We it's something new. We needed rain. <laughs> well, hey, well that we do need rain for things to grow, and we need things like 
the the strategic meeting and what we do each year in CBC to help us grow too, not only as an organization, but grow, you know, as individuals, professionally, and for our businesses too. So I want to thank you, Gerald, for, you know, your leadership in all the areas and how you influence and help the NAVIC organization. And I'm sure that all the folks who attended, regretfully, I did not have an opportunity to attend this year. I'm usually there, uh, but missed out this year. But for all those that did get to attend, like you said, um, I'm sure that they got some very meaningful, relevant uh, connections where they can continue to build on those, you know, after uh, the CBC and uh, with all the sessions that were down at the convention center and the strategic meeting itself for, for NAVIC, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sure that we, you know, got some strategies in place that we can execute and just become more credible, visible, and profitable as an organization. So thank you for your comments. Yeah, and one other thing too, Jackie, when we had those things really come together, it really set uh, the blueprint for us moving forward to prepare not just at the legislative week, but as the year goes on and progresses to that time, it really gives us the whole roadmap on how to really prepare for Congressional Black Caucus as it's active all year. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's policies, there's changes, there's things that's going on every day as Congress is is in session, and we should be a little bit more active in, in being a part of it so we can come to that meeting at the end of the, the fiscal year to really uh, put our feet into doing some great work. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a good year coming for CDC 2024. All right. Well, great. You heard it. Get involved, NABWIC especially on the legislative front because NAVIC is an organization that advocates. Uh, we advance the interests of women in construction, and through our legislative process, that's one way to do it. So get involved, as uh, Gerald said. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on because we got a wonderful show for you. It may be one that you might have heard before, but it's one well worth repeating. In fact, um, this is something else that uh, Gerald is very much involved in helping to coordinate. But go ahead and mark your calendars because on October 18th, NABWIC has its next billion-dollar industry luncheon. And this time, it's billion-dollar luncheon in energy contracting opportunities. So that's on October 18th. And so go ahead and put that on your calendar because it's coming up soon. All you have to do is head over to Eventbrite, search for NAVIC. It'll be there. But if you've got pens and pencils and you want to go directly there, all you have to do is type Energy BDL for Billion Dollar Luncheon. So it's just Energy BDL 2023.eventbrite.com. So that's Energy BDL 2023.eventbrite.com. Again, just go over to uh, Eventbrite and just search for NAVWIC, and all the events and activities that are happening in the organization will show up, and you can register for that one. But we wanted to go ahead and let you know that that is another opportunity for you to make uh, connections, to learn about opportunities in the energy industry, and to grow your business. So 
without further ado, uh, this show is about energy industry powerhouse leader, Ms. Anovia Bedford. Now, Ms. Anovia, also that same um, um, activity that Gerald was talking about uh, there in D.C., uh, down at the convention center, uh, actually had a session there. But Anovia is the program manager of Equitable Clean Energy Advancement Initiative. Now, that's a cooperative agreement between black owners of solar services and the Department of Energy. So I'm sure those that attended got a lot out of that. But for this segment, we're going to take a look at the life of Anovia herself as entrepreneur and as a professional and just learn a little bit about uh, what she did to get to where she is today. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and uh, let you listen, uh, take plenty of notes, and we hope you enjoy the show today. Take it away, Ursula. Well, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another wonderful Wednesday and to NAVWIC Talks. Today we have some very exciting news. We've got a double dose of empowerment coming your way. Not only do we have NAVWIC's Billion Dollar Luncheon on October 18th, where top leaders unveil contracting opportunities in the industry sector, but we also have a special guest today, the incredible Anovia Bedford, joining us on this morning's podcast. But before we get an opportunity to dive into our special guest journey, we also want to let you know about our usual studio visitors. And this morning is all about connecting you with opportunities and insights that can supercharge your journey. So we want to get started, but first, before we do that, we're going to go ahead and have just a quick commercial, and we'll be right back and introduce our special guest. My name is Dina Neely. I'm a licensed electrical contractor. I'm founder and CEO of Detroit Voltage. I am a member of the Detroit chapter, and I kind of stumbled upon um, NABWIC or was introduced to NABWIC early on when I first started my company, and it's really been a wonderful journey. Um, I love being able to communicate with like-minded women. I mean, it's one thing to be a woman in construction, but it's a very unique thing to be a black woman in construction. And being a part of this organization has really been helpful in helping to grow and navigate through growing a construction business. And of course, our fearless leader, Ms. Ann, um, she's always a wealth of knowledge, and being able to pull from her has been um, invaluable. And so um, one of the things that I'm super-duper proud about being a woman in construction is having a part of the revitalization of my community and being able to take my children along for the journey. And again, my name is Dina Neely, and I celebrate women in construction. I'm ready. Are you ready? The time is now to amplify your life and create your signature book. And what better time than this weekend to start moving towards your dreams? 
You will be amazed at how much you can get done in one weekend if you only knew what to do. Your book journey is waiting for you, so take the first step. Purchase the book, then connect with Ursula Oldham, your book coach at Sula 2 Publishing. Ursula10k.com, E-R-S-U-L-A-1-0-K.com. All right, thank you, and uh, we are back and so happy to be talking this morning with the multifaceted and the incredible Inovia Bedford. Good morning, Miss Bedford. How are you doing today? Good morning. I am well. How are you? I am wonderful, especially to have you as our special guest this morning. I tell you, I don't know what we did to be so blessed, but I do want to tell our listeners that they need to go grab those pencils, those tablets, their recorders, whatever they need because they need to also hold on to their seat because we do have a captivating journey this morning uh, with you, Ms. Bedford. And I'm going to just let our listeners know a little bit about you. So um, I just want to take a minute and just to let them know that you are, and uh, this is no, uh, what they say, exaggeration, but you are a trailblazing (laughs) entrepreneur and marketing guru. So we are definitely happy to have you. So just to tell you a little bit about Anovia and her background, uh, in addition to being founder of VetDeck, Anovia's current role is the program manager for Equitable Clean Energy Advancement Initiative. That's a cooperative agreement between black owners of solar services and the Department of Energy. So... There is so much about you. Uh, you certainly have, again, a wonderful uh, background as an entrepreneur and founder of uh, VetDeck, and uh, we want to get into some of that, too. And I know that uh, because we do have that billion-dollar luncheon that's coming up in October 18th, a lot of our listeners are just really uh, at the edge of their seats wanting to learn more about someone who's actually in that industry sector. And so, once again, we are so happy to have you here, and better than I can do it. (laughs) Thank you. So better (laughs) than I can do it, though, I'm going to have you tell our audience about your background and how you got started uh, not just as uh, the program manager for, uh, in short, BOSS, but uh, if you would take a minute and just tell us about your entrepreneur uh, journey and getting to uh, become, again, the CEO of VetDeck. How much time do I have? No. <laughs> I know, right? It has. Um, it's definitely been a journey. I'm one of those people that I feel like I've always been an entrepreneur. Um from the time I was probably five years old, I decided that I was going to sell, like, paint bobby pins with nail polish and hair clips and sell them to the ladies at church. So I would, at, like, it was, it's crazy to think about it. At five years old, I was doing market research and watching people at church, like, hmm, she wears this pink thing. I bet if I take something and bring it and tell her it's $5, my markup was crazy, that she would buy it. <laughs> and the next time she wears this pink outfit, she's going to use these hair clips. So that's kind of how I started off being an entrepreneur, honestly. And then 
from that I moved to like making these seat cushions. So I feel like it's one of I'm I'm one of those fortunate people that was always kind of embedded in me. And I vividly remember in the sixth grade I made a magazine called All Shades because I knew that there was an issue because I was reading Seventeen magazine and all the magazines that we read at the time. And I'm like, there are no black girls in here. So I like did a photo shoot. I had one copy, and at lunch I would basically rent out this one copy of this magazine. And so. By the time I was a teenager, I was kind of always just looking for things to do on the side, coming up with, you know, creative ways to make money, and it definitely uh, carried on into my adulthood. Uh, my first career, because right now I feel like you don't have to be stuck in any box, um, I was a jewelry designer, so okay. I grew up in New York, and I designed jewelry mass market, so... I designed for um, over 240 stores, so that's your Macy's, your Nordstrom's, your Walmart, White House Black Market, right, Lane Bryant, all of the stores that um, most of us love and shop in, and it was by chance that I got a job at a jewelry company and kind of turned that into a career, went to the Fashion Institute of Technology for jewelry design, um, and I designed Mass Market for almost 10 years. So in that journey is when I started another business, um, Walmart became one of my main clients at one of the companies that I was at. And as they downsized, they, like, really shrunk the design department. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I know that I can always figure out how to make money. So I created an agency where I just coached people and worked with them on how to do business with Walmart. And so I did that for a couple of years, just putting their programs together when Walmart was handed to me as an account. We were doing probably about $7 million of them a year, which considering what Walmart spent um, in accessories, that wasn't a lot. So they gave it to me, and in nine months, I more than doubled it to $16 million. And so through that, I was like, well, if I know one thing, I know how to get stuff into Walmart. Let me see, you know, if I build a, a program around this, if people will, will come on board as clients, and they did. And that was kind of, the, you know, the, one of the first large things that I saw, like, okay, I know how to do this. Let me see what else. But along my jewelry uh, journey, I was like, you're really not good at designing jewelry. Like, being at FIT and seeing what I call, like, real designers that can come out from the top of their heads and just, like, look at leaves and create an entire an entire um, line on that, that wasn't me. I would look at recap reports, and I would look at best-selling items. And I would say, well, if this lady bought this, just like how I – it's literally what I was doing when I was five years old, but I was just doing it as an adult. I'm like, well, if she bought this in pink and, you know, we make it transparent, um, if you make it transparent, then she'll buy it for the holiday season. And that's how I realized that I was really good at marketing. I'm sorry. I had to um, really quickly. But yeah, that's when I realized that I was really good at marketing and decided that I was going to switch gears and go into marketing. So from there, it was time to start another company. <laughs> so I started um, a marketing agency, and that's when I got introduced to technology. I worked for um, a jewelry firm that would have people design and upload it, and if they got enough votes, they would put it into production. So I came on as their... Um, kind of like consultants of just how to work with um, overseas factories because I had been doing it at this point for 10 years. And I just thought that the technology of it was so cool. And um, as the building was growing, it was kind of – there were some things, but I was like, y'all, this is crazy. Uh, they got a lot, but they got a really big cash infusion from one of the girls' dads. 
And as it progressed, I'm like, y'all are burning through money. You should probably sell this company. Like, let's figure out a way to sell it. And the company ended up being sold to Etsy. So that was my introduction to acquisition. So then I got interested in making things and selling them. So that kind of enters Black Tech Charlotte. Um, me and two girlfriends got together. We all were, ended up in technology um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm based. And through that, we were just like, okay, what are the needs? We had one event. I may have been in Charlotte for a couple of months at the time. And, um, yeah, 120 people came. And we were like, oh, we're on to something. And we kept having events and asking people what they needed from the city of Charlotte, what they needed from the state, and we kept getting the same answers. We need access to capital, right? We need capacity building. If they work in tech, we need to break the, the you know, the glass ceiling and get into those C-suite jobs. So from that, this, like, event series grew into a full-blown company. Um, sponsorship is my jam. So we were able to get a space sponsor that we could work out of at Camp North End. We had, like, a 2,000-square-foot space that we would use to host workshops, host classes. Um, we got a partnership with Carolina Small Business Development Fund where we raised capital so people could borrow um, $100,000 at a time from our program. And that just kind of grew, like, at the center of everything that I've really done. It's been a strong entrepreneurial drive of how I can help kind of other entrepreneurs. And then Black Tech Charlotte got acquired because I said I decided that I like to build things and sell them. <laughs> so that's kind of where um, that deck really entered the picture. Um, during my jewelry days, we would always have events. I, I moonlit at a production company because in New York City, <clears throat> You work more than one job, even if you have a full-time job. So I moved at a production company where sponsorship was kind of my responsibility um, a lot of the time. So if there was an event, if there was a film, it was my job to make sure that there was, you know, a full bar, that somebody covered food, that we had money for things. And I realized that not a lot of people know how to do it. Not a lot of people know how to secure sponsorship. Not a lot of people know how to um, get contracts. And then that became my next company. So that's that has two parts. It's one part multicultural marketing agency, one part uh, software technology. And on that side, our clients um, for the marketing agency are like the city of Charlotte, Mecklenburg County. Um, we work with a lot of different brands, Cheetos, Maker's Marks, Dunkin' Donuts. Um, and so it kind of grew into this thing where it was more than an agency and enter that brain of mine with the technology section. I was like, hmm, this is going to feel like a tech company because you want to be able to scale and grow, right? Black women start our businesses at an extremely high rate, but one of the things that we don't do is scale, right? We don't build things to scale. We build things based on what skills are, <clears throat> and we might hire a few people. No, I wanted to be able to really scale this thing, so it felt more like a software company. So we're in beta right now. It operates. Can you hear me? Yes. I know we had a whole year thought for one second. We'll come back to the scaling. And I, I just um, okay. popped in here because I asked a question. You have lived about five lifetimes already on the show. Five. It's like, good luck. Five. What else has that done? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back because you said so much that's just absolutely amazing. I want it's to go back to <laughs> I want to go back to that first mass market sale and peel yeah. back that onion. Tell us, peel it. Tell us in great detail. How did that happen? <clears throat> Who did you talk? To? Not by name, but by function or something. 
walk us through that 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 because this is what everybody dreams of, but nobody knows how to do. And you just walk right through it. So go back to that first experience and what did you do? You know, it honestly boils down to confidence. And I never saw myself as an extremely confident person. But as I look back, I'm like, I really went in there and did that? <laughs> like, I really went in there and said that to those people? And they said yes. So it really is that um, one of my best friends always says, do it with fear. So even if I am scared to do something, my bro- like, I'm just like, you're not scared. You can still do this. Like, you still have to do it. So I worked for um, a wholesale company, and we had, you know, a plethora of clients. People would come into the showroom, and I had started excelling because of my method of how I was selling items, like of how I was designing. <clears throat> and so when the CEO saw that, he came to me, and he was like, I want you to work on this special project. You, it was me and one of the um, the uh, tenured designers that he was like, I'm going to put you two together, and, like, I'm going to see what you can come up with. And she really gave me an opportunity to shine. Like, she she was an older uh, Caucasian woman, and I feel like she was probably her mid-40s, and I was my early 20s. And she was like, I trust you. Like, what do you think, you know, we need to put on these boards? So the way that Walmart works is that, for the jewel, well, for actually for all of the departments, um, anything accessory-wise, you have to send them the actual, like, a replica of their wall. So you know how when you're in Walmart, you see those big walls of jewelry? They're, like, six feet tall, mm-hmm. I think five feet wide. You have to fill one of those up with jewelry, wrap it with saran wrap, and send it off to them never to be seen again, basically. <laughs> and then you have wow. to send additional items. So in total... We were probably sending them 300 samples at a time because the extra boards were so that they could take things off and on, right, uh, off and on the walls and see what works because they like to be able to buy everything from one vendor. So if you're getting one of their accessory orders, you're getting at minimum probably like 100 pieces, like 100 different styles ordered, and then multiple pieces across the board. So, you know, I just was like, okay, well, this is what's trending, and I kind of pulled together and did my thing. But I think one of the things that really sealed it is that they got a new buyer, and she came to the showroom. And when we were talking, I noticed, like, some of the things that she was saying, and I said, I feel like she was new to accessories. And so when we had a break, and I pulled her aside, and I was like, oh, how long have you been working in jewelry? And she was like, I'm not from jewelry. I'm from hosiery. And I said, oh, she's like, yeah, I just got put in this position. And I said, well, do you want a crash course in, like, what everything is? And she was like, oh, my God, I would love that. So on our break, I took her through the showroom, and I was like, this is what a fish hook is. That's the little part that you put through your ear. This is what this is. This is um, a filigree, which is, like, the the metal pieces that are cut out. So I, like, literally just went over pieces of jewelry and what the parts were called. And the, I kind of, like, felt like I infused that level of confidence in her because when we went back into that meeting – she felt a little bit more prepared because now she had a crash course and she really knew what things were. Even though, you know, she didn't know everything, but I think that that's one of the things that solidified it. And at the base of everything, that relationship building portion is huge. The the better relationships you can have with people, because when people like you, you can go far just based on that. Yeah, and we've, we've definitely heard that before. People definitely love to do business with those they know, like, and, and, and trust. But um, going back to Ursula's uh, question, and thank you so much for answering that because, yeah, many of us 
would definitely love that that secret. But it sounds like it is uh, a combination of relationship building. You mentioned, you know, definitely having that that confidence. But I also imagine that with everything that you were able to, to put together, your creativity, your ingenuity, people could also see your demonstrated expertise and skill. So, you know, putting that all together uh, certainly helped cement that that um, relationship. And uh, you have to be prepared. Go ahead. You have to be prepared. You can't just show up to be liked. <laughs> like you actually have to be. Uh, you actually have to be prepared, and definitely, um, you know, know what you're talking about. But it's really in not being afraid to whatever the ask is. Just ask them to ask. Last, with the first company that we sold, it was kind of like, can we really do this? Like, let's put a plan together. Let's do our research together. And after that, I'm like, if I could sell a whole company, I can really sell anything. So it sounds like confidence really does need to run throughout because I think many entrepreneurs are put in that position where, like, okay, I got this opportunity. Can I really do this? So to mm-hmm. be able to be confident that you can do it and deliver because once once that is uh, – uh, the case, then performance really does become the key because everything else a- else after that becomes based on your past performance. So that first performance definitely is 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 key. And I know we we could definitely talk all day day long. I do want to give any listeners though who do want to join the conversation an opportunity to press star and one on their telephone, you can uh, come into the studio and you can be a part of the conversation, make a comment, ask a question. We are talking with Inovia Bedford. And uh, before we shift on to the energy sector, I just want to say that your ability to foster and build those powerful relationships uh, landed you uh, with industry-leading companies. You mentioned Walmart, but there were others like Keurig, Jim Bean, Candies, JCPenney's, uh, you know, Airbnb, Jack Daniels even. So, yeah. uh, so it, it, it's, it's really been great. But let's just have a real short commercial, and then when we come back, we do want to navigate towards uh, your role as the program manager for uh, BOSS in the energy sector. So first, this very short commercial. Hi, I'm Vicki Antonio. I'm part of the South Florida chapter of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and we are excited to celebrate women in construction. What I'm most proud of about being a part of this organization is that we are a conglomerate of women who are doing great things to expand not only ourselves, but our local communities and beyond. Why it's important to support this organization is because, you know the same, is that when you support a woman, you support a nation. So my name is Vicki Antonio. Please join us to celebrate women in construction. Well, thank you, and we're back. And, again, it's giving you an opportunity to press that star one on your telephone, uh, go sharpen those pencils, because there's so much that we could get into with our special guest, Anovia Bedford, who is the founder of VetDeck, but also uh, is the program manager for an initiative within the Department of Energy. And uh, so, Anovia, thank you so much. We've got to have you back on the show because we haven't even touched the iceberg. <laughs> but, um, I this a big one. 
But I do know that, again, um, a lot of our listeners are very interested in your current role, uh, especially in light of the interest around the energy sector and the fact, as I mentioned earlier, NAVWIC actually does have a billion-dollar luncheon that's coming up in Energy Contracting Opportunities. That's on October 18th. So please go over to Eventbrite, just search for NAVWIC, and you'll see all the upcoming events. But that's one we want you to pay particular attention to. But um, if you could just, uh, Anovia, tell us a little bit about how you got started as the program manager for, I think they call it, Black Owners of Solar Services, and tell us a little bit about uh, your mission. Absolutely. So um, it's based in relationships. Um, the program was launching in North Carolina for part of this cooperative agreement, and someone I know reached out, and they said, you know, this program is starting in North Carolina. I recommended you. I think that you'd be a perfect fit. And I was like, okay, great. So, you know, sent over my stuff, and the next message was like, can you be in D.C. on Thursday? And I was like, I absolutely can be in D.C. on Thursday. So it happened, um, it happened really quickly, but WASA is such a great um, organization. Um, it's entrepreneurs, financers, veterans, attorneys, engineers, contractors, developers. Um, there are just so many different partners, and everyone has really deep knowledge, um, they have great experiences in their field, and they're really strategic about how they, they move through the world, and that is how this cooperative agreement came up. Um, the mission of WAPS is to help minority-owned businesses in North Carolina currently engage with, expand, and sustainably grow in the clean energy sector. But BOSS has members in, I think it's about 10 states now. Um, hovering around uh, 100 different members that are in various energy sectors. Um, the, the list of sectors is extremely long. There's wind, there's solar, um, you know, there's fuel. It's just so, so many um, different categories of it. But it's amazing work. The cooperative agreement was, well, first, BOSS was launched in the fall of 2020. And, of course, you know, all of these things, it's, it's a need. And it was really a need to support black um, black owners of not just solar, but black owners of clean energy sector companies. So in 2020, the, the organization was started to offer support. And then in February of 2023, this cooperative agreement um, came about with the Department of Energy. So it's a $6.3 million award which is absolutely amazing, um, over three years, and it's really to support the work. And so I, I'll get into the um, into more of the initiative and how that looks um, a little bit after. But we did the launch party at um, North Carolina A&T, which was awesome. We had about 100 people come. The Department of Energy came and um, presented, you know, on the data, and we're leading into our first cohort, which I'm really excited about. Which I, do you want me to get into it now, or do you want me to wait? Uh, yeah, you can tell us a little bit about that now, so to give us an example of what that actually looks like. Yeah. So the pilot program is going to do a couple of things. It's going to inform. We're going to have outreach. There's going to be capacity building and definitely connecting people and ending with reports. So our focus is um, right now we're currently in a research project. 
to see not only what businesses are currently in the energy sector, but those energy-adjacent businesses are so important to me, right? So construction, for example, is a very energy-adjacent um, energy adjacent sector of business that people might currently be in construction and not really be thinking about moving to a clean energy space, right? It's like you have your contract, you already know what you want to do, you know, sometimes it's an issue of capacity. So really uh, digging into what those barriers and challenges are for minority women and small businesses um, with that focus on government grants and contracts because the amount of money that is coming down in the clean energy sector, y'all, we're going to figure this thing out. Um, and, yeah, so that's one of our, our major things is to inform people. Um, we are having a cohort that is launching in October that's going to take um, – that's going to take the learners through six weeks of programming. So it is everything from financing. Um, there's some policy conversations that are going to happen. There's some financial modeling that's going to go on. There's one-on-one -on -one mentor sessions um, from our, our board is amazing. So some is going to be provided by the board. We also have subject matter experts. We have a research report going on right now to really uncover what the barriers are for people that are currently in the sector and then also exploring those adjacent um, businesses. So I can't wait for the research report to come out. Um, our team is out of Boston, and they're building an amazing dashboard that's going to make it really easy to look for not just businesses in North Carolina. North Carolina is the first step, but to be able to grow and uncover businesses nationally. So we're also going to help people build their capacity through the, the mentoring, um, technical assistance. You know, we have a focus on urban and rural areas, some of the people that are a little bit um, harder to get to. And then at the end, they're going to receive a clean uh, tech DBE certification. So it's really excited to be able to work on this. We're going to be leveraging green bank funding to create an incubator for um, BIPOC small businesses to have direct access to financing through technical assistance. We have someone that's going to help people actually apply for the opportunities because we know that, you know, bidding on these contracts is no short feat. And also, registering for SAM. So people that are new into the industry, one of our workshops is specifically for registering. Because anytime you have to fill out all of these things, sometimes I just feel like it's easier if somebody can just hold your hand right through it. So... Well, this is an organization that's really offering support um, for people that want to get into clean energy or currently in it. Wow. No, that that is uh, definitely great. And one of the things that you said was uh, very key. You mentioned that construction is uh, an energy-adjacent effort when you think about uh, the, the, the whole sphere of, of, of things. But in terms of what BOSS is able to do, it sounds like you actually are putting a whole uh, support um, infrastructure together to help empower entrepreneurs to be able to work in this energy sector. So, like you said, simple things like how to bid, uh, registering your stuff in SAMS, and also I think it's really great, too, that you all are thinking down, down the line about uh, creating some type of incubator because entrepreneurs do need that supportive ecosystem in order to, again, empower themselves to grow and to become, you know, skill-oriented to be able to function and do all the things they need to do while they're delivering on their, you know, core product or service. 
So, uh, again, my hat is off to you all for all the work that you're doing in that area. And, Anovia, I don't want to uh, hog you as the, the guest, but we do have uh, Mr. Gerald Barnes who's on the line, too. So I want to give him an opportunity if he wants to ask a question or make a comment uh, that he can uh, do that. Uh, so uh, let me ask you this next question, and we'll give the floor to him should he want to say anything. But uh, you've been talking. You know I want to say something. <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You got one more. <laughs> no, I was going to ask Sylvia <laughs> to just talk a, uh, a little bit about, you know, she's talked about what uh, the, the cooperative agreement is and what they're doing through the initiative to help empower entrepreneurs. I just wanted her to just tell our audience why it's important for minority con contractors to be pre-positioned in front of opportunities. Why is that so important? Absolutely, and I think that that goes back to that scaling and growth um, conversation, right? It's like people do accelerate programs, they do incubators, and a lot of the feedback that I'm getting from people right now that we're talking to about participating in the cohort is like, well, at the end, what happens? Because I've gone through all of these, you know, programs before. What makes this different? And I think what makes it different is that we are backed by the Department of Energy, and we have access to those opportunities, right? So we can see exactly what is coming down and help you prepare to actually win the grants, to actually, you know, get some of the funding that is out there for you. So I think that getting people in position, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, 10 years ago everybody was telling their kids to code, and I was like, no, you should be machine learning and thinking about AI. And it was like, what? what is that? And now people are coming back to me like, I remember in 2014 and 2015, you know, when you were telling us to get into machine learning and AI, and now look. I feel like it's one of those opportunities where it's like, hey, y'all, let's move into clean energy. Like, if a lot of us go, we can move, you know, our people forward as a unit. Let's go ahead. Let's get this paperwork together. You know, and let's if, – if, if you ask me questions, you're going to get real talk from me. Um, but, you know – <laughs> like, let's, as a whole, let's try and capture as much of this as we can and be able to really lock in these opportunities, build capacity, grow our companies. You know, it's, it's fact that when we get opportunities, we bring other people in, right? We, we hire from our neighborhoods. We hire people that we're supporting families. So I think that it's really important for black people to really, well, minority contractors, um, to be, positioned in front of these opportunities because we will get them and we will show out. Hmm. That is powerful. And the one thing that that brings to me is it adds up to a whole lot of things because the way that you bring in that energy that you naturally have, it seems like to me that you're just living your lifestyle. You're just putting in place what you were born to do and take it to that next level. Um, at NABWIC, we really advocate and also work with those people that really are shovel-ready. You shovel and pick-ready, and you making things happen. And we just applaud you, and we also want to dive a little deeper as we move on with the next questions with uh, Ursula and Jackie again. But we also just want to invite you into what we do here and now, with not just on the podcast, but 
the whole program, and uh, I think we can really team together to do some great things. So I ain't have a question. I just wanted to run my mouth a little bit, but you definitely Listen. have inspired me to go further. I appreciate it, and because y'all are on my list of organizations to connect with. So I was like, absolutely, yes. <laughs> definitely. Way to go, Sonia. Yeah, I'm glad you're listening, Gerald, because we definitely will not let, be letting you go now that, <laughs> that we've had a chance to meet you and, uh, and know about all the things. And, and even the things, again, um, uh, with running the program, uh, you know, again, you have worn so many hats and do wear so many hats. I know that all the things, uh, the best practices that uh, you help others with in marketing sponsorship partnerships, all of that, I'm sure, just spills over to uh, these businesses and what you're able to uh, help promote and uh, coach uh, on their behalf. So, again, thanks for all you do. We do look forward to uh, building a relationship with you as a NAVWIC sister and uh, yeah. partner. So uh, I am looking forward to, to that. But, listen, I just want to ask you one more question. I know we're getting close to the uh the top of the hour, uh, many of our uh, listeners uh, do like developmental things, and so each week we ask all of our guests to share with us what their, either their favorite book, author, or something that they're currently reading, and we would be very curious to know what's on your list as far as your favorite book or something that you're reading. So one of my favorite books is The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. Hmm. Um, and it's, don't call me on the title, it's by Lydia Fennett. And it is, yeah, The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. And it's about her journey of um, starting the sponsorship department at Christie's, the auction house. So basically, yeah, she takes you on this journey about how she started off as an intern and was kind of like, I saw a lot of myself in the book, and, like, you know, she started off with this one task, like, you're an intern, like, you know, get us coffee, shred papers, and then started getting incorporated to other things. It came to having hosting um, events for them, and along the way, she's like, why are we have all of these rich people? Why are we asking other companies to pay for this? Like, we're having this golf tournament that costs us, However, you know, $300,000 to put on, I bet you if we asked, you know, Mercedes-Benz for $50,000, they'd give it to us. And she did that and created an entire department now that um, is part of Christie's Auction House and became an additional stream of revenue for the company, which I just think is amazing. So that's kind of like my go-to book of, like, if I made it came out in 2019, um, that once I read it, I kind of like, if I need a, a pick-me-up, I'll go back and reread it. And my new read is The Carbon Creed, uh, Seven Pathways to Zero by Walter L. McCloyd, which is one of our board members. So, yeah, so um, it is about, you know, the evolving clean energy um, economy, and it's just, I'm I'm a little bit in, but I'm probably like a quarter way in, but I, I feel that it's really important to understand the work of the people that you work with. Um, and that you're connected with or that you want to be connected with. So, like uh, Lydia, we DM each other. 
<laughs> I post her book every time I read it. I'm like, I still think that this is a really good book, you know, book. And I've been able to build relationships. Um, I mean, not like real relationships. Like, I'm not on her boat, you know, tipping her noses. But, <laughs> you know, but I think that, you know, when you're interested in people, it's really important to get familiar with their work and the people that you're working with. So when I saw that Walter had a book out, I was like, I'm definitely reading this. Um, and it's really good. It's really good. It's really impactful, especially if you want to, um, to learn about clean energy. Wow. Two great resources. And so, again, I hope folks are writing this down. We'll definitely add it uh, to our podcast uh, description. So the first one, the, and I love the title, The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. That's by Lydia Finette, F-E-N-E-T. And then um, she also mentioned that another one that we can add to our reading list is The Carbon Creed, 7 Past the Zero, and that's by Walter McLeod. That's M-C-L-E-O-D. So thank you. We're going to add that to our reading list, and so we appreciate that. But before we go, um, if someone wanted to reach out to you, uh, how would, what would be, be – I'm tongue-tied now. What would be the best <laughs> – this to do that. Yeah. So um, definitely email is always great um, and easy if it's for um, Black Solar, anything. It is Enovia Bedford at blacksolar.org. Um, in person is always awesome. We're having an event on 824 in Charlotte, North Carolina for all of my North Carolina people um, that are listening. So we will be at um, Brevard 229 from 6 to 8 p.m. It's going to be our first workshop slash outreach event. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to do a short presentation. There's going to be a fireside chat. There's going to be delicious dinner. It is 100% free. Um, for that, definitely head over to the Black Solar, Black Owners of Solar Services um, LinkedIn. That's a great place to connect with us for this project. If you want me for anything marketing related, that is Enovia, E-N-O-V-I-A at VETDEC, V-E-T-T-D-E-C-K dot com. And you know what I forgot to mention? What's that? I'm North Carolina's Grow with Google Digital Coach. <laughs> so Google appointed oh, me. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how I missed that one. Um, but, yeah, so they – they um, work with entrepreneurs. Right now we're in about 25 states, I believe, um, to teach businesses how to grow and scale using Google tools for free. So, wow. it, mm-hmm. yeah, and there are Google coaches and like I said, I think 25 states right now. So if you just do a Google search for um, grow with Google digital coaches, you can find your coach in your area and attend some of their free workshops. When I say that these workshops are so good and not just because I teach them, but um, and that's another partnership that we can talk about because we definitely partner with organizations. We do everything from professional branding workshops to marketing strategy to a little bit of finance, how to build teams and scale. And so it's it's a really great program that Google um, that Google released. I think we're in year six now. Wow, thank you for mentioning that. I'm definitely going to look them up because I definitely am interested. So we appreciate that. And, in fact, I want to give you an opportunity, Anovia. This has been so rich, and I know sometimes 30, 40 minutes is not enough time to actually go through the entire journey. We recognize that. So we're definitely going to have you back on the show uh, again. 
But uh, before we leave, I would like you to think about um, something that you would like to leave with our, our listeners. If you had to sum everything up, leave them with some parting words, uh, what would that be? Um, I definitely feel like you can really do it. Like whatever it is that you're dreaming about that you're like, I wish a lot of the times we have to get out of our own way. So if you need to let that confidence take over, just do it. The worst that somebody could ever say is no. And I think that every time I have a conversation, because when I tell y'all, I, I, I ask for some wild, outlandish things, right? I ask the company to give us a free space for a year. That's pretty wild. Um, mm. But I did it with confidence. And I did it knowing what I had to offer in return. And so just be sure. Like, even if you're unsure, be sure about yourself. Always know your numbers, right? Always know what your market looks like. And try and lead with confidence. Not cocky, but confidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that. So it sounds like it is important to believe in yourself, know your numbers, know your products, know your services, and just be ready. So just be thank ready. you. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. This has been such, like I said, such an incredible journey. Thank you so much for uh, giving us this time. We're going to have you back on the show again, but we want to just let our listeners know that this particular show is evergreen. There were a lot of nuggets shared, so if you need to go back and listen to it, you can find it, you know, on the Internet, and we'll be posting it out on our social media. So thank you for tuning in today. Thank you uh, to all of our other uh, hosts in the studio and thank you, Ms. Inovia Bedford. We certainly appreciate thank you being you. with us today. Thank you. You see, I can talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> I can, too. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday for another episode of NABWIC Talks. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.